Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. My name is Doug Wortham, and I have the distinct pleasure of hosting today's show. Today, we'll speak to a nutrition expert from the Minnesota National Guard, get an update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and speak to one of our county veteran service officers. But first, it's time for, generally speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Menke. Each January, we celebrate the life of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Dr. King's courage and determination to peacefully fight racism, oppression, and violence changed the course of history during the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s. Like any other great leader, Dr. King knew the importance of unifying people to accomplish one common goal. The collective progress made during the civil rights movement positively influenced the policies and behaviors of our nation over the decades that followed. The Minnesota National Guard strives to uphold Dr. King's legacy by ensuring soldiers and airmen from all walks of life enjoy the benefits of equality and diversity. By doing this, we honor a life dedicated to making our nation a better place. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining us now to talk about nutrition in the Minnesota National Guard is Major Jolene Carlson. Major Carlson has a master's in education in natural environmental sciences from Hamlin University and a master of science in human nutrition and functional medicine from University of Western States. Major Carlson is currently assigned as the deputy commander of administration for the Office of the State Surgeon. Major Carlson, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thanks, Doug. It's great to be here. Well, it's good to have you in the studio. And, you know, this is a real important topic. We talk about uh, nutrition, and uh, and I want to get into the details or specifics of, of what you do for the Minnesota National Guard as it relates to nutrition and training and your expertise that you bring to the table. But before we do that, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, your background, where you came from, and then what led, led you to joining the Minnesota National Guard at what some might consider to be a later age. Yeah, I have an interesting story, probably different than most. Um, I came from a military family, like a lot of us have. My my um, dad and um, both my grandfathers served in the military active. And I always had a passion for the military. Um, but honestly, you know, to get real uh, quickly, I was severely or considered morbidly obese in my 20s. And so I didn't really even have the option to pursue the military even if I wanted to. I did attend college and I became a high school teacher. And I was actually teaching in a class when the recruiters came for the students and they just happened to recruit me instead. Um, because when I was 26 years old and actually diagnosed as a diabetic, I was a young mom, I had two small children and I just realized that my health was a huge problem. And I said, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be in the best health I possibly can. And that's really what started my journey towards health and wellness. And I did um, lose all that weight, get into shape. I was able to join the military and attended basic training in 2005 um, as a 30-year-old. Um, so yeah, I was a late bloomer to the military. I feel like there was a lot of advantage to that in the way where I had a lot of professional um, experiences. I had experiences as a parent, um, experiences with finances, like a lot of things I was already able to experience. And then um, when I turned from basic training, I went to the state OCS program since I joined with already a college degree as a, as a high school teacher. And then um, continued to teach high school for 20 years. I retired from high school teaching in 2018. And um, yeah, I was, I just 
found a, a home in the military. There were so many things I just was drawn to. I um, commissioned as a medical service officer. I still am a medical service corps officer and have had the opportunities to do platoon leadership, deployment, uh, command, and then now I'm with the Office of the State Surgeon. Well, wow, what an interesting thing. And um, I spent some time in recruiting myself, and and that was always a tough thing when you find someone who has a desire, really wants to join the ranks, and then you have this requirement of being able to meet some type of a, a body fat standard or a weight standard in, in general. So, so you go through this long journey and uh, get things on track, and then obviously um, – you've gone through the educational training uh, needed as well. So you can really learn about yourself, your body, how to better take care of yourself. And now you share it with others. Yeah, exactly. I just, I know, I know what it feels like. I know what it's like to be in a place where you feel like it's really hard to improve and to just be scared about your health. And I also know that there's a way forward. And so I became really passionate about sharing that with others and then hopefully having the ability to help others that are struggling with their overall health and wellness. So I have to ask, um, you, you joined at 30, you said you already had a family. Um, how, how did that go over? What was that conversation <laughs> right. like when you brought that uh, idea home that, hey, I think I want to join? Yeah, I know I've got two young kids, but I'm going to raise my hand, take this off. Yeah, it was a tough conversation. And I knew that I was going to need the support of, of my family, even, you know, my extended family, like my parents and relatives to be able to do these things. And and that's how I got through it. It was the support of my mom was also a teacher. So I would do all my training in the summers because I was still teaching and they would take my kids in the summers. Um, my parents would um, as needed to help out. So it truly was a team effort. Like I think it needs to be with all military members. You really need to have that support team, whoever it is. Well, it's interesting. And, you know, as I'm reading through your bio, um, and we do want to get down to business too, but um, you also run or manage a hobby farm in Cocado, Minnesota. And so were you doing that at the same time? Or is that the new venture you took on uh, since joining? Yeah. Uh, so the hobby farm was always the dream. And then they just came to a point in our life when um, I retired from teaching. Our two older kids were out of high school and we were able to um, get the land and build our forever home. And so the part of that was having this hobby farm. So that's a pretty new adventure. We're in maybe year four of our hobby farm, but it was that long-term goal or dream that we were able finally to do. And, and if that's not enough, of course, you currently serve in the Minnesota National Guard. Um, you're on several not-for-profit uh, boards or members of an organization supporting. So you got a lot of stuff going on, um, but yet you still find time to serve. And I think that's one of the unique things about members of our reserve components of our National Guard is busy lives, but yet you have this propensity to serve, this desire to serve, and, and you find a way to make it happen. So thank you for doing that. Okay. So you work at the, um, currently you're assigned to the state surgeon's office uh, for, for Minnesota, inside the Minnesota National Guard. What exactly do you do there? What, what's your role? Yeah, so it was actually a fortunate um, happenstance to get into this role. So kind of to back up, so the Guard does not have dietitians or nutritionists like the Reserve does. And so, um, you know, I was kind of separating my civilian passions from my military passions. And then when Minnesota um, stood up the Holistic Health and Fitness Program, the H2F, I saw that there was opportunity there. So I, I 
I would say I forcibly inserted myself into that program. I reached out to uh, Chief Marino and was like, hey, I'm super passionate about this. I really love what you're doing. How can I help? How can I serve? What can we do together? And that's how it started. And then just slowly, we've been able to create programs together and incorporate the nutrition aspect into this holistic health um, aspect. And then I left command at the regional training site maintenance in um, 2021 and luckily uh, was able to go to the Office of State Surgeon, which really matches up well with this initiative of holistic health and fitness. So my job at the Office of State Surgeon is all medical oversight, helping the state surgeon's mission of medical readiness, as well as taking care of our soldiers at every stage of their career, including the preventive part of it and overall holistic health. Right, because, of course, the health and well-being of our soldiers and our airmen inside the Minnesota National Guard is paramount. That's what allows them to continue to serve. Um, Not only do we have these enlistment standards, you have to maintain a set of standards throughout your entire service. And uh, in my experience, uh, the things that generally uh, caused a disqualification factor for people has been the physical fitness standards, which often was a part of uh, being overweight or having some type of a weight or nutritional issue. Mm-hmm. And what, I, what I've really seen is that it's all related. It's all very holistic, you know, so, so improving one aspect like nutrition also improves other aspects, of course, like physical and mental health and your social well-being or improving mental health, health with nutritional and physical. So really looking at it as making the soldier holistically well and healthy so they can have their best quality of life. And if they're living their best quality of life, they're going to be a better soldier. Yeah, and and what a a great story you have to bring that credibility to the training that you provide. And and we're going to get into that in the next segment. Uh, So uh, just stand by with us here. Uh, This is Minnesota Military Radio, and we'll be right back with Major Jolene Carlson. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm Doug Wortham, and I've been having a conversation here in the studio with Major Jolene Carlson, who is the Deputy Commander of Administration for the Office of the State Surgeon in the Minnesota National Guard. We're talking about nutrition, and and just before we went to break, we we alluded to uh, some of the training that you provide, and and one of the big things that... um, that you really provide great assistance in is something called the soldier comprehensive soldier soldier comprehensive fitness course and uh i'm very familiar with that program because it was in place uh, when i was still serving a great opportunity to bring our soldiers in and talk to them about the things that they can do to um, adjust their lifestyle so they can become compliant and continue their service in the organization if that's what they desire and as one of my old bosses told me is even if they never extend their service, but we can provide them some tools to have a better or um, healthier lifestyle, we have succeeded. So tell us a little bit about your role in that program and kind of what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, I love that you use the word tools because that's really my whole uh, philosophy around nutrition education is, you know, give people the information and then it's their choice of what they want to do with it in um, correlation or in pairing with the other tools that they have. Um, so, yeah, part of when I was talking to uh, Mr. Marino, the Holistic uh, Health and Fitness Program Director for the state, was adding nutrition to the Comprehensive Soldier Fitness course. And right now, because I, like many of us, are an M-Day soldier, I can't be at the course 
every week, every day. And so we decided to do a nutrition block at the beginning of the course, like one of the first days to kind of give them the basics. I do a three-hour block on the basics nutrition. And really the point of that is to give them the education of what nutrition really is. Because it's not about dieting. It's not about fad diets. It's not even about the scale. It's really about how do you nourish your body so it performs at its optimal level. And when it does that, you will be healthier and your body will be at a nice set, healthy weight. You'll be physically strong. You'll prevent chronic disease. And that's really our goal. So how to eat in a way or live in a way that's sustainable your whole life. We're not looking for temporary fixes. Right. And in that discussion... Um, isn't a one-size-fits-all, is it? Not at all. And that's why I keep it very information-based on what nutrition really is. And I always say, um, you know, a lot of us love to just fall into the calorie kind of hypothesis, right? I call it a myth because it makes sense to our brains. It's logical. And we love logical. You're talking about, okay, calories out calories must in and exceed it. Yep. calories yep. in. Okay. And I get that. I get we've been told that for years. And I'm not saying calories don't matter at all, but... Just because it's logical, I tell people, but your body is biological. It's not a calculator. Your body uses nutrients as information to talk to the rest of your body. So let's give our body the right information, not the right number of stuff. And so we talk about those types of things, like the principles to nourishment and health and not about fad diets or even a prescription plan for eating. Because once you know how to nourish your body, you'll find ways to, to create food or plates that support you. Because like you said, everybody is individual. When it comes to nutrition, it is N equals one, right? And so you provide the, the training in this, in this forum. Uh, you have the group of, uh, of soldiers there. Um, you give the, you know, once over the world, some great information so people, people can make educated decisions. If, if they needed more help or one-on-one service, are you able to provide that? Is there an organization that does that for a soldier or an airman in the organization? Yeah, that's a great question um, because it's a huge um, issue for us. Not issue, but something that we really want to work on. So part of that first day is then we actually teach them how to grocery shop. Um, or right now we're actually working with the state food service to change the menu of what soldiers even eat to actually be balanced and healthy. So the DOD has put forth a go for green menu or G4G, go for green, that needs to be implemented by all soldiers, I think by 2024. We have the opportunity to implement it in these courses. And what's amazing about this is it teaches soldiers how to cook, read menus, and look for balance in meals. And Because a big part of it is how do you even eat, you know, the right meals. So they're getting the experience that they can take with them. And then the last day of the course, we do things like future, imp- um, future implementations of how to eat when you're outside of this course. So that's what we do for the course. As far as additional help, I make myself available. I give everybody my contact info. Um, I let them know where I work if they want to do like, you know, one-on-one nutrition type of stuff. But one thing that I am working on with MedDebt, that's the organization medical detachment that I'm with with the Office of State Surgeon, is we are doing a pilot program of scheduling one-on-one nutrition counseling for soldiers that need it during drill. Um, So that is the next big thing. How do we give soldiers in a drill status, uh, traditional soldiers, that access to one-on-one nutrition? 
One of the uh, interesting things that um, I've had conversations with uh, soldiers who've gone through the, uh, the fitness program is uh, part of that training was, as you mentioned, teaching how to shop, but more importantly, how to read the labels mm-hmm. and understand what the label actually means. And, you know, you kind of burst my bubble uh, as we were having lunch prior to the show. And, you know, I was talking about the uh, zero sugar uh, soda that I like to drink. And, and, and you said, well, if it's sweet, there's probably sugar in there. So uh, I think we all have something to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think is like that that one thing when, when I'm looking at a label, is there something really in particular I should be looking at? Is it all about the processed foods, not processed foods? Mm-hmm. Um, you said, you know, calories, yes, but no. What, what do you think on that label I should really key in on? Yeah, I think, you know, sugars get a... a you know, a lot of attention and sometimes they're considered like the bad guy because that's all we talk about. But that's the one thing that all of us could probably start on. It's not that we can't have sugar. It's just that we're far away from what we actually need for daily sugars. Um, You know, we're about five times more than we should be the average person. So I always tell people one place you can start is just moderate or decrease your sugar intake and especially from liquids. So if you can get, and and like you said, anything that's sweet has some form of sugar in it. And sugar is still sugar is still sugar, as I tell people. Um, But if you can, you know, not drink your sugars and then... If, when you do eat sugars, eat them in balance with real food. You know, your proteins, your good fats, your fibers with your vegetables and fruits. It will help those sugars be absorbed more slowly so they don't cause that huge spike in your blood sugar, which so is a problem. if I have a nice healthy dinner with my protein and my vegetables, and then I have a piece of chocolate afterwards, that's okay. That's great. Okay, good. I'm going to continue doing that. <laughs> That's great. That's my regular habit. Yes. <laughs> Eat balance. And then chocolate actually has a lot of great nutrients. So the darker the chocolate, the better because oh, the darker, like the chocolate. less sugar, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's really not about you have to avoid all sugar and sugar is an evil guy. It's really about like the, the balance and the combination of nutrients. So one of the things that uh, you and I were talking about previously is um, you're actually going to be transitioning into a new position into the J9. So We've got about two minutes left here. And so tell me a little bit about what that transition means to you and to the organization and how it's going to help our Minnesota National Guard, both the Army and the Air. Yeah, so I I love the fact that J-9 is a joint position, and we really want to focus on that, that we have soldiers and airmen in in, in the state of Minnesota that all can use help with with nutrition um, and holistic fitness. J-9 is really right now mostly around prevention, um, and so this will be a full-time job I'm transitioning into. I will still be uh, in the Office of State Surgeon as my my M-Day or drill job. and my hope is to, to incorporate all of these amazing programs that the state has, many of which have been on the show, and work together and collaborate. I think we all have the same mission and we want to take care of soldiers, right? And a, a healthy soldier, a soldier that's taken care of, will take care of us and will be the best human, soldier, airman, person that they can be. Um, and so this is just another aspect to that. Where we're going to take the prevention aspect from everything from um, health, wellness, um, helping out with um, prevention of sexual harassment, abuse, everything to make soldiers healthier, better, and more resilient so they can do their job. Yeah, and, and that's great. I think it's important um, because we do need to have that healthy workforce, right? And, um, you know, there are so many other detractors and things going on. And and if we can 
coach, teach, mentor how to properly take care of your body, the other things start to fall into place. Exactly. Yep. That's the holistic is both holistic as in holistic health, but it's also holistic as in there's, you know, any part of the Minnesota Guard um, or for any program that we do as long as helping soldiers, all of them are part of that holistic picture of how we can help soldiers. Yeah, I think we could talk for another, uh, I don't know, 20 minutes or so about <laughs> nutrition or, or longer. And I just want to say thank you so much for coming in and spending some time with Minnesota Military Radio and, and sharing your experiences. I, best, I wish you the best of luck as you move in your new position at the J-9 and, and keep on uh, taking care of our soldiers and our airmen, especially as it relates to uh, the wholeness uh, that they need in their nutrition and otherwise. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. That was Major Jolene Carlson from the Minnesota National Guard. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham. And in a moment, we're going to get an update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Commissioner Larry Herkey. As I settle in on my role of Commissioner of Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, I continue to be impressed by the tremendous work our folks do here. The Veterans Homes Division provides a continuum of long-term care for its residents. With a strong emphasis on remembering and recognizing the service and sacrifices of all veterans, the five veterans homes operating in Minnesota are located in Minneapolis, Hastings, Silver Bay, Laverne, and Fergus Falls. These homes focus on providing excellent care and services that Minnesotans expect of our state's military heroes. We also have three future state veterans homes on the horizon in Preston, Montevideo, and Bemidji. Stay tuned for more. In addition to overseeing the five state veteran homes, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs oversees more than 20 state programs that help eligible veterans and their families secure state and federal benefits. These teams also provide programs and services relating to higher education, benefits, burials, claims, outreach, homelessness, and veterans preference. Key partnerships include the veteran service organizations, county veteran service officers, and a number of public and private service providers. I look forward to continuing to work with these important organizations to serve our veterans here in Minnesota. Thank you, Commissioner Herkey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining us now in the studio from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs is Valerie Klitsky and Liz Bassani. Valerie is the Human Resources Director for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and Liz is the Recruitment Coordinator to assist with filling the staffing needs at the new veterans' homes. Val, Liz, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah. So, uh, Val, I mean, we we talked a few times on the show and, uh, you know, before we get that big update about how we're doing with filling these uh, staffing positions or the needs that we have, um, I just want our audience to know um, or remind them a little bit about um, about you. You are a combat veteran. You've served uh, seven years in the Minnesota Guard, um, retired or left the service at the rank of captain. Um, so thanks for your service inside the Minnesota National Guard. And uh, Liz, you have a family history of uh, service as well. Your father uh, served right in the Air Force for about 26 years or so. I sure did. So military service to both of you um, is not a, um, a new thing. You're very familiar with what it's like, what it means to uh, serve or be a part of a family with somebody serving. So thank you and welcome both of you to the Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you. Okay, 
Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. And, and like I said, we've had, um, we've had you come into the studio. We've talked about the, um, the jobs, the, uh, the new homes that are opening, and, and quite honestly, the staffing needs that uh, you have uh, to get these homes up and running. And, and I know you have some good news, and I'm going to let you share that, but I do want to get a, an update from you about um, the positions, where we're currently at. One of the things we talked about last time is you've got 400 positions you're trying to fill. And, uh, but let's start off with the good news about these administrators. Yeah, thank you. We actually just filled all three of our new veterans' homes. So we have the three homes, one in Preston, one in Bemidji, and one in Montevideo, all three of the administrator positions. So that's really exciting because that's that senior leader out there at each one of the homes. So wonderful to have those filled, all um, wonderful experience that they're coming with, and they'll be really great leaders seeing this project forward. They will help, then I would assume, with getting the rest of those positions uh, uh, filled as well. And, and that's really the key position, isn't it? I mean, you kind of have to start there to fill in everything else. You do, you do. And then we're filling the director of nursing positions and then our human resources team. So being part of um, my team um, and Liz's team, those positions are also getting filled as we speak. So it's very exciting times. Yeah, so... Like I mentioned before, you, we kind of started off talking about about 400 uh, positions, and um, I don't know what the exact count is, but uh, you told me there are 39 postings, but that's not 39 jobs. That's 39 postings where there's multiple jobs underneath that posting. Is that the way it works? Yes. Yeah, so today, I just checked before I got in here, and we have 39 job postings on the Minnesota Careers website right now that uh, folks can look at a wide variety, anything from financial positions. Um, our human resources teams is actively recruiting and filling positions. And then also, of course, a lot of direct care positions and some of our positions at our cemeteries as well, because on top of the new homes, we're also building a new cemetery in Redwood Falls. Well, and so... Um Liz, the website was already mentioned, so mm-hmm. mn.gov slash careers is the place to go. And uh, we were having a conversation uh, before the show, and it's a pretty um, easy website to navigate, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to to that website, um, it's it's a pretty pretty easy to navigate from there. There's a there's a button that says search open positions. You click on that link and then you can filter down from there because um, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs is a state agency. So we we have, you know, a number of other state agencies um, that are listed on that page as well. So if you filter through um, Veterans Affairs, that will take you to those 39 positions that we currently have open. And I was just going to mention that the 39 positions that are open um, some of them are for our new homes, but some of them are for our current homes right now. So Minneapolis, Fergus Falls, Silver Bay, Laverne. So really a wide range of um, different kinds of positions that people can look at. And that's the great thing about the website from when I went out and looked at it. Um, not only do you filter to the agency you'd like to work for, but you can also uh, filter by a location. 
Um, so that if you're looking for something, say, in the Bemidji area, for example, you can go right to there and you'll see if there's something open or not. Right. And I was also going to mention, too, that if you don't see something of interest, say, today, you can actually sign up for um, an alert um, through that same website so that if you have uh, an interest in human resources, um, you can actually um, sign up to get notified when those kinds of positions pop up. Yeah, and, um, you know, I believe that the market, um, I mean, it's tough right now, right? Yes. Um, there's not necessarily a whole bunch of people, right, out there looking for, for jobs. And so um, Liz or, or Val, whoever wants to answer the question, but what's the benefit of working for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs? Um, you know, what are the benefits that come along with it? You said it's a state agency. So does that mean that you're a state employee then? And, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. What, what comes along with it? Yeah, absolutely. So I can, yeah, definitely talk about the benefits. So as we mentioned, uh, the Department of Veterans Affairs is a state agency. So we get all the benefits that state employees receive. Um, so we have really great medical, dental, low-cost benefits. We have retirement. We have vacation. We have sick um, we have wellness programs. Um, we have um, the employee assistance program, which um, helps with those wellness programs. But then also, um, if you are looking to do some estate planning, they can get um, information to you about different lawyers to contact and get discounts on that. So there's just a wide range of benefits to being a state employee. Um have you seen like a an increase in those who have served applying for a lot of these jobs? I mean, I know that that's not a requirement per se, um, but right. you know, have you have you seen that? It's not a requirement for a lot of our positions. For some, it actually is at MDVA. They're um, called technical positions where we do require that veteran status. We have been seeing an increase in veterans, which is really exciting. I think there's a lot of support in our veteran community. There's also a lot of benefits if you are a veteran working for the state. Um, me, for example, I was able to use some of my military service and was able to get a higher leave um, balance that I'm able to have. So there's definitely different benefits that people uh, people should consider when they're looking at state employment if you, you yourself are a veteran. Great. Well, we're going to continue the conversation here uh, in just a moment, but we do have to take a quick break. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm Doug Wortham, and in the studio with me are Val and Liz from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and uh, we're talking about employment opportunities and, and uh, filling staffing needs inside the uh, Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. And, and in the last few minutes that we have together here, um, I think it's important that we, we really key in not only on the fact that we want our listening audience to, um, if they're interested, of course, or send those who might be interested looking for a job working for the state of Minnesota, go to mn.gov careers. But I also think it's important that we talk about some of the things that maybe you find are a little bit more difficult to, to fill. So I, I want to start with, uh, with you on this one, Val. Um, if, if I wanted to come and work for the state of Minnesota, um, the MNDVA, MN, 
Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. I shouldn't use an acronym, right? That's one of my own rules here on the show. Um, if I'm going to come and work for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, are, do you have any positions where maybe there's a little bit more of an incentive to take a specific role, like any any bonuses or uh, something like that? We do. We actually just had increased our incentive for our trades positions too, um, some specific positions. But for those that um, might have a career in the trades, I definitely encourage them to check the website. On all of our job postings, if there's a sign-on or a hiring bonus, it's listed right on the posting that might be available to individuals. So there's quite a few incentives that we're trying out. We've been um, working with our union partners. It's been a really good collaboration over the last year to try to utilize as many incentives as we can. So um, our veteran community, um, if there are some veterans listening right now and they're like, you know what, I'm going to go look at the website. I'm going to see if I can find something. Um, Veterans preference. Um, they have an opportunity to maybe move higher up on the list to be considered first. Can you talk a little bit about that? And I know each case is different, right, based on service or, you know, disability, that type of thing. But there is veterans preference, right? We do have veterans preference, yes. And um, you can qualify potentially under a recently separated veteran or um, we have an additional veterans preference that we look at for our 30 percent or more um, individuals with disabilities. And we have a good section on that MN Careers website that actually is for veterans. So you can check out what some of those preferences might be. Also, a really good option is to look down on the job posting and see the HR person that is the point of contact and contact them if you have any questions specifically about veterans preference. So you specifically mentioned um, a need in the trades area. Where are you at in filling um, the need for actual care, patient care um, for our facilities? We have openings. Um, (laughs) I think that's that's pretty standard across the board in a lot of healthcare environments right now. But I would say our uh, healthcare position that we have the biggest need for is really that our acronym that we use is HST, but it's really your certified nursing assistant positions. So if you yourself or you know of anyone positions at all of our homes throughout Minnesota that might be interested in in that CNA position, um, I encourage people to apply. And you might have a great pool of candidates from the members of the Minnesota National Guard that were on state active duty supporting um, and performing some of those duties uh, when, when they did that, uh, what, last year or the year before. Um, so, Liz, I want to come mm-hmm. to you because yeah. – um, you know, although you didn't serve, your father served, you're a part of a military yep. family uh, working for the MDVA. Um, mm-hmm. What what have you found to be just, you know, really impactful or most impactful for you about working at the Department of Veterans Affairs? Yeah, so I think um, I think the biggest impact is that I, I get to support veterans like my dad and their family members, too. Um, you know, growing up, in the military, I just, I feel like I just have a different perspective and appreciation for what it's like to be a part of the military. Um, And honestly, when I told my dad that I was working at MDVA, he got so excited because he's so proud of his experience. I mean, he served 26 years in the Air Force. That was his life. And I guess a little bit 
me too right because yeah, right. i was i was there for a good chunk of it um and so i just i i don't know i just um i love our veterans and i just want to be a part of that community again and mdva has given me that that opportunity well and i think that's um you know an important thing right i mean you're working for the veterans administration for the state of minnesota and if you don't have a soft spot or a desire mm-hmm. to work with and for more right. importantly right. for our veteran community you're probably you know looking for a job in the wrong place right, right. so mn.gov slash careers again that's the website mn.gov slash careers go there yes. filter to the uh, minnesota department of veterans affairs you'll see all of the listings filter to where it is that you want to work the region and, and there's something out there for everybody they just got to do a little bit of looking bonuses for the trades right now and you're looking for some patient care people those cnas or what was it called the hrt hst hst yeah Sorry. If you see that hst <laughs> okay all right well hey thank you so much that that's Valerie Klitsky and Liz Bassani from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Thanks for joining Minnesota Military Radio today. Thank you. Joining us now is Marty Howes, the president of the Minnesota Association of County Veteran Service Officers and Veteran Service Officer of Roseau County. Marty, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be on today. Well, it's good to have you here. And, you know, we've talked about um, several times that you've been on, and, and Tom has talked to you a bunch about, too, about the PACT Act and, um, you know, the presumptives. Um, I'd like to just get a little bit more information um, from you about that and, and just tell me, where are we at with that? And then is this just for veterans, or, or who else could this apply to? Well, yeah, you're right. As you know, um, it uh, it covers conditions that are presumptively associated with, like, exposure to, like, burn pits and other other toxins and, and some of the things that that come out of that are, are various types of uh of cancers uh lung diseases and and you know when you get into some of that stuff and you and you look at those conditions um as some of those are even applicable to our vietnam veterans um they don't just you know you come back from deployment and all of a sudden you have cancer. It doesn't work like that. It takes a little bit of time for these to these diseases to uh, to develop or the or people don't, you know, you don't necessarily get sick right away. And and so what we want to do is veterans get out there, tell your spouses, tell your significant others, tell your employers. You know, tell everybody around you should know this kind of stuff. This is stuff that we want to get the word out to everybody, not just to our veterans to come in to file their claims, but to those people that are around our veterans, so that our veterans, they know when the veteran says, oh, yeah, I haven't been feeling so well, I got this, I got these doctor's appointments, hey, remember about this when you were talking about this? You need to come, you need to go down and see your CVSO. Yeah, and those uh, that burn pit uh, registration is such an important thing as well. Um, we, we were talking before about uh, the fact that the 347th uh, Regional Support Group, uh, they're going to be demobilizing pretty soon. And what would be your message to any of those soldiers that are on that deployment? You know, we, we used to go down to the demob when they'd come back. Uh, we'd go down to Texas. And uh, unfortunately, when the 347th comes back, we're not going to be able to be down there. Um, but we'd catch them right when they were doing their out, out processing, and we'd be able to talk to them. If you've got aches, pains, any of that stuff in your out-processing, make sure you get it in your medical records. Make sure you say something. If you didn't do it and, you're, and, they, and you get back 
or if you know somebody that was recently deployed, get them to come see their county veteran service officer. Get them to come see us because they've earned that when they go on Title X orders. A majority of the time, they're at veteran status, and they will be eligible for veteran benefits. And I think, too, all, all too often, um, soldiers or air, airmen, service members coming back from a deployment, they just want to get to that DMOB site and get out of there, and they often don't speak about some of those things that might have come up during the deployment. So, so your advice to them is, hey, as bad as you want to get home, Let's make sure that uh, you are, are documented, everything that uh, happened to you while you're on that deployment, so that if down the road there's some type of a claim, uh, when you've already filed all that stuff with your county veteran service officer, they can give you the help you need to uh, go through the claims process. Exactly. I've been there and done that, too, and the first thing I wanted to do is I couldn't get out of there fast enough. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have hung around. So, Marty, we got uh, 45 seconds. Um, all right, I'm uh, getting – I've retired. I've got a 214 – um, when should I be filing that 214? You know, whether or not you are interested in VA health benefits or whether or not you feel that you need to file a claim um, with the VA, you need to come see your CVSO right away and help us record it. And it isn't just for the for benefits uh, through the VA or for that. It's for when that time comes, um, when you're no longer with us, Nobody can find your can find your DD two fourteen, but you. That's right, and your CVSO they'll have it if you go see them um, with that two fourteen. Hey Marty, thanks so much yeah, for joining us today on Minnesota Military Radio. I hope you have a great day. Yes, sir. You too, and thank you very much for having me on here. It's been a pleasure. We would love to hear from you. If you have topic suggestions, show feedback, or if you're a Minnesota veteran and would like to share your story, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com and click on Contact Us to send us a note. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Major Jolene Carlson, Valerie Klitsky, Liz Bassani, Marty Howes, Commissioner Larry Herkey of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week when we speak to someone about supporting veteran causes, get an update from the Paralyzed Veterans Association, and hear from the director of the Minneapolis Veterans Affairs. That's coming out next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Doug Wortham, and I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I hope you have a great week and find a way to make a positive impact in someone's life. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Com.